Yo, Rob Harvilla from 60 Songs That Explain the 90s here to inform you that we are back with 30 more songs because the 90s were super long and had a ton of rad music. Please join us every Wednesday for more 60 Songs That Explain the 90s only on Spotify. This episode is presented by Walmart Plus. Walmart Plus is the membership that helps you save on things you expect, plus the things you don't, like free delivery from your store with no markups, gas savings, and even a free Paramount Plus subscription. Start your free 30-day trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus Essential Plan Only. Separate registration required. $35 order minimum. See walmart.com slash plus for details. Nathan, we've got to start using Apple Cash. Uh, okay. Why? It's so easy and convenient. Apple Cash lives in messages where you and I text all the time. We do. All right. So I can pay you in the convos we're already having, like I do when I bribe you to say nice things about my favorite Taylor Swift songs. You'll never forget a payment or have the money just sitting somewhere collecting dust. You do owe me money from the last time we saw those Taylor and Travis picks, so that is nice. (laughs) And once I've done that, you can use that cash right away. You can buy stuff at a store with Apple Pay. So I don't have to do all the bank transfer stuff then? Nope. It's just right there. It's easy, convenient, and secure. Wait, did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? See how easy that was? Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hello and welcome to every single album. Niall Horan? What? I'm Nora Franciati. I'm with Nathan Hubbard. Nathan, how do you feel about this? How, how do you did feel this about happen? this every single album, Niall Horan? How did this happen? This is a feat of grit and determination. I mean, if were there, I did, we didn't even. Did Vegas have odds on Niall Horan having a number one album over potentially ending up in an Irish prison or something? I mean, what an accomplishment! You never would have bet that it was Niall who was going to make this happen. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about Flickr, which is Niall's debut solo album. Came out in October 2017. Debuts at number one. What? And to break that down, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you, Nathan, a few things that I know about Mr. Mr. Niall Horn. Okay. Uh he loves Fleetwood Mac and the Eagles. Oh yeah. We have a theme, um, a recurring theme here, by the way. Yeah. Uh, he's he's a little claustrophobic. Okay. He's got a touch of acid reflux. Yeah, bad knees. I would describe his personal style as to say that he dresses as though golf is always a possibility. He is a golf freak. He dresses in a manner... So that if golf becomes an opportunity at any point on any given day, don't you worry. Niall can be there. We should all dress that way. I, I, call, I just call that happy to be here. I, I personally disagree, but I support your and Niall's personal happiness. In his time off between One Direction going on indefinite hiatus and right. when he really gets to work on this album, he went on a backpacking trip through Asia with his boys. Nice. Uh, other than the fact that Niall was in One Direction, which I acknowledge is significant, I have not really said a single thing here that would differentiate him from like the average guy that you pull out of a Murray Hill bar on a Friday night. <laughs> well, you would know. <laughs> I would not. <laughs> so tell me what makes this guy special enough to have a number one album that we both love. I... Don't know. It's just this wonderful story of like hard work and nose to the grindstone. This starts for me with that video where he's with one of the original trio who helped make the first two, uh, I think it's Carl Falk, right? Who, who, who Yeah, the, the Swedish House Mafia. Yeah. Who, who Not actually who they were. Helped make the first two One Direction albums and he's learning how to play the guitar. And he's working at that craft and he's got something in him and we hear it a little bit come through lyrically across this album, by the way, that little sort of chip on the shoulder, that little bit of maybe insecurity. 
I don't know, that, that drives him. And he did it. Now, we should say, Harry's album came out. Zayn's album was number one. Like, the One Direction brand is a pretty massive halo. And the truth is, he's going to go out and tour, and it's going to be a little bit more work for him to go play bigger venues than it was, say, for the One Direction guys. But this isn't real album. He's got real people. I mean, we, yes, Julian Bonetta is a carryover and he works. But guess who resurfaced? Our old friend Greg Kirsten from the Adele Our years. old pal Greg. There are quite a few of our old pals working on this album, actually. There, there really are. Greg worked on Adele 25 and 30 and he worked on Nile Horan's album. I mean, that's a real guy working I on believe this and He was producer of the year at the Grammys, I believe, this year. And sure, the top line of that is working with Adele, right? But... Mm. This guy's getting in the studio with our guy, Niall, too. I have a conspiracy theory about this album that I need to just put out. Please. My conspiracy theory is that there's like this common thread through the lyrics of this album of like, please don't leave me or the end of a relationship. It's really somebody who is struggling with the end that is either just happened or about to happen in a relationship. I think you could make a case that this whole album is about One Direction breaking up. My shadows dance without you for the first time. Wow. Wow. I kind of love it. Narrator. Nathan. It's not. But I think you could make that case. And he has this sort of, there's a very interesting sort of I don't know. It's sad, soft rock. I mean, th this is the album that John Mayer should have made. As far as I'm concerned. Like, if you take Niall's voice out and put John Mayer's voice in and a little more, like, guitar noodling... It, it's a it, John Mayer album. It's a John yeah. Mayer album, don't you think? Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it's... But yeah, it's, it's not. It's but not. The, we'll that talk. John I know. Mayer album kind of stunk. So we're going to totally call it a Nile Horan album instead. I mean, look, the thing for me about this is it, it does show a little bit of chink in the armor is wrong because this is going to sound like a criticism. I think this album and frankly, Nile's career should be celebrated because as we talked about in the last episode, there's usually only one guy who gets out of the boy band. So the fact that he's ostensibly, you know, guy number four, maybe five. Who, who gets out and, and actually has a standalone solo career really, really matters. But he does go out and he's playing smaller venues. He's playing theaters. And then he tries to go play amphitheaters in the U.S. But the, uh, the attendance is, is just okay. It's not great. Like he was playing the Ask Gary Amphitheaters of the world. 1-800-ASK-GARY <laughs> Amphitheaters of the world. He was playing like... Which 15... by this point in time might have been renamed. Yeah. Um, well, sources tell us the 1-800-ASK-GARY Amphitheater did not stay the 1-800-ASK-GARY Amphitheater. No, he did play... He, uh, I know that he played the Jiffy Lube Live Amphitheater. So in, he, That's in Virginia, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It's basically the DC Amphitheater. It's a great place. I grew up going to shows there. But... Some of these things are fifteen to twenty thousand seat venues, and only about like six to nine thousand people are showing up in those venues. So he's used to making two hundred ninety million dollars on a tour. He plays eighty three shows. He makes twenty five million. It's harder work now. He's not playing arenas anywhere outside of Dublin, right? But what I love about this guy, you and I commented on this through the journey. He loved being in One Direction. He loved being a star. He loved the work. And yeah. in this solo career, it feels like he's working. He's, he's actually out there doing the work. It is the NFL draft season, um, which is my other vocation. And one thing, that, um, one thing that people say about draft prospects a lot is scouts or, or people in the media will describe someone as, well, he's really solid, but there's no one thing that he's great at. He lacks a core defining trait. 
One People have been saying that, that about me, me for my whole life. <laughs> How's your 40 time? <laughs> Slow. Slow. All right. Well, good thing that you're an able podcaster. One thing that I, I wonder and hope that maybe by the end of this podcast or by the end of when we go through heartbreak weather, I'm trying to figure out what Niall's superpower is. I'm trying to figure out what his core defining trait is. And it might be that it actually is that that work ethic and that sort of love for yes. for persevering through the he stuff shows that he's up. doing. He just shows up and it's sort of an unsexy trait, but it's really, really important. He's a grinder. And yeah, it's the type of thing that makes sort of why this album resonates with me hard to figure out, which makes me excited to talk to you about it. But he's the Mark Hubbard. It's a really interesting... <laughs> He's, he, you want to unpack that? You want to unpack that for the listeners? <laughs> My brother's on the PGA Tour. He's just a grinder. He's just out there. But people appreciate that and enjoy his personality. So he has an outsized fan base and following because of that. But, you know, if he goes head-to-head with Rory McIlroy, he's going to get his ass kicked. You never know. What they if he goes nice head-to-head with Nile? How good of a golfer is Nile? Niall is okay. Let's talk about his golf game as we get through this because I, I have some comments on his golf game. Okay. You want me to save it? Yeah. Let's save it. Let's, okay. Let, let's go right. category. Let's let's go categories. Let's talk about this album. Uh, let's talk about slow hands. Fuck yeah. Yeah, already know that there ain't no stopping your plans. No slow hands. This song... It, this is not a debate. This is the biggest hit. It's the second single, which is an interesting thing that they right. were well, like, this, why wouldn't they lead with this? I don't know. Well, this album had a long run up. So yeah. This Town was the first single. It I was released in September of 2016. The album doesn't come out for another year. It comes out in October 2017. Slow Hands being the, the second single that was released came out in May. So still months before the album is is going to come out. So they really drew it out. And maybe yeah. this town was kind of a one-off just because there was going to be so much distance between that coming out right. and the album that Slow yeah. Hands ends up being the one that they really used to build momentum for it. But whatever, it rules. It rules. There was no tour in 2016. So maybe they felt like they had to feed the audience. I mean, Niall is the one who stayed with modest management. So you would right. assume that you would see some sort of familiarity in the playbook that they're running. And it feels like they're trying to give content. But th- this song is sexy as fuck. Like, where where did this wow. come from? It really wow. is. Like, well, there's a great irony to that, though. Because I agree with you. All of a sudden, Innocent Nile is doing sexy time. But the great irony to it that I actually think makes it even better, this song is from the woman's perspective. The woman is coming on to him. We should take this back to my place. That's what she said back to my face. I'm stunned. I mean, uh, uh, listen, when I listen to this song, I say, oh my God. Can someone put this song to the Wicked Game video or like the Freedom 90 video? Like, it's great. How did he get this perspective? Like, do you think Niall was, I mean, I guess it's the horn doggery, right? I don't know if the, the horn dog name had been coined yet, though. But one thing that we do know about Niall is that when he was a young lad, his email address, which he used to send in his original X Factor application was duh underscore pimp underscore is <laughs> underscore ear, E-R-E, at hotmail.com. So, you know, from a very young age, I guess he was training all his life for this moment. I, I Look, again, nobody likes being famous as much as Niall does, I don't think. But th- this song, look, thank goodness for Julian Panetta. I mean, they Julian helped write a lot of that later stage One Direction stuff. This does sound like it could be a One Direction song. Why don't we play this game? Who would they have given the verses to 
if they'd done this in one direction. Probably Harry. Right? Yeah. And he'd he'd take it pretty slowly and give it a little bit of rasp. Yeah, Liam would have the like tricked out like yes or whatever. That would be Liam's voice. And I hope you feel the same way. Yeah. Well, the best the best thing is that when Niall does it, he sounds like he's like impersonating Elvis or something. Yeah. He's like, yeah. yeah. This song is awesome. It got to number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100, which is better than a lot of One Direction songs. Yep. And by the way, he's definitely singing in a bathroom. And it's totally consistent with what we've seen of him. You know he's in his underwear, first of all, and only his underwear. Wait, what tells you that he's in a bathroom? You got to listen to the vocal. Like you can hear... It just sounds echoey? Yeah. And and it's not just the effect. Like they've got him somewhere in, in something that has tile or metal surfaces. And it sounds great. Yeah, he does sound great. on This song is just a bop. I just like, did you know he had this? I had no idea. It's like if you scout a pitcher and you're like, okay, he throws like a 88 mile an hour fastball and like a decent curveball and you step up and he throws like 102 right past you and you're like, I'm completely frozen. You win. That's how I feel listening to this song. I'm like, I, Niall, I didn't know you had it. So I can, I can make an argument that we could have seen it coming that Niall could sort of like do a, do a sexy tune, right? This is, he kind of went there with, Temporary fix and some stuff like that. The thing that is sort of amazing about this song is it's cool. Yes. It's not just like exuberant. It's not just passionate and, and oh my God, I want you so badly. So I'm just going to scream. Like we sort of know that Niall has that. Yeah. But it's really smooth. No, it is super smooth. Look, my sister's in town for the weekend and we were hanging out with my family and I put on, I'm always DJing and I put on like secretly like a One Direction playlist of like some stuff that I like just to see if she would notice and ask, right? And I found myself, I kept putting in Wolves because Wolves is fucking good. In the middle Wolves and, slaps. And it's great, but it's not smooth. No. Like, there's a goofiness to Wolves, but like the it's a great song. The chorus is awesome. And by the way, it totally works at a party, just so y'all know. But it doesn't work as well as Slow Hands. So I did something kind of similar recently. Had some friends over. And okay. I, I should issue I a little bit of a con- confession. You could have come. Um Early on in this process, I started making fun of my boyfriend by telling everyone that Niall was his favorite. Not sure he could have picked Niall out of a lineup at this point. Right. So I've been carrying this on, and but we're all hanging out, and I'm playing music, and Slow Hands is on. Yes. And he looks over at the speakers and sees it and goes, this is Niall? I love this song. I love Niall. Yeah, you converted him. This song converted well, a lot of people. I'll tell you that. This song converted a lot of people, but that's that's the point, is that I wonder how many people don't even know that this song is Nile. Well, know you that this song is a, heard that right. a song they heard on the radio a bunch, but I'm not th- sure that it even really connected with a lot of people. I think it's massively underappreciated. It's just like Nile. Like, you just, you don't realize it, but it's there. This is a treasure. It is a treasure. And the album... Hey, we can talk about the rest of the album. The album should have been made for this song alone. This song needed to see the light of day. I mean, I, we'll, we'll get to drafting songs, but I can tell you this is in my top 10 for sure of anything yeah, that's been put it, out by the One Direction crew. It's really way up there. It's a great song. So then I assume that it is your best song. It is. I mean, it is. And I will say that this town is beautiful. I love the everything comes back to you line. It gets me right in the feels. Over and over, the only truth 
Everything comes back to you. Has a little bit of like the John Mayer hat tip, which, you know, whatever. But Everything Comes Back to You is a killer line. And I, I love his voice on it. I love that they didn't try to over-inject lyrics and he hums that last outro on the chorus. Everything comes back to you. And it's okay that there aren't words there. They just let that line, everything comes back to you, hang out there. I understand why they picked it as the first single, but it, it, it's, it's genuinely, the chorus is absolutely gorgeous. One of the ways in which Niall just continues to surprise is that I think of him as this golden retriever bundle of energy, totally exuberant. His core trait is enthusiasm. Right. That's all true. There is so much restraint on this album. Which is sort of remarkable. Like the fact that on the first go around, they really seem to know when not to do yeah. too much and when yeah. less is more. And yeah. it's super impressive. I have a real soft spot for too much to ask. You do? I forget you're when I close my eyes. Because yeah. he says the word fucked up? Well, the F-bomb I do think is important. First time anytime, we've heard it, right? Yeah. And Outside of a Zane have, record. Right. Anytime you have a, like one song, if I ever made an album, I would just have one explicit song on there because then they know you really mean it. Okay. I mean, I it think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, well, it's Nora. beautiful. I think the melody's Nora. beautiful. Here's Nora's one explicit rap song, and now more soft rock. Just going back to mid tempo, you know. <laughs> no, I think that's that. Um, too much to ask is is on my list as well. But it really on this album, it is slow hands and slow hands and slow hands. Can I give you a wild card? Are you gonna say on my own? I'll drink till it's empty. Stay out till it's. No. Okay. Give but me a wild card. Are you going to say on my own? Okay, but then you got to you got to fill yes. in the the blank there. Yes. The cover of Post Malone Circles that Whoa. he does live Whoa. is so good. Whoa. It is so good. Tell me about it. it. So first of all, the number one thing that's important about it to me is that it just shows you how far his voice has come. It, it, yeah. There's sort of, there's rasp, there's control. Yeah. But there's something about, I think this is just Niall covering songs that also tends to be really great is because hmm. it's an opportunity for him to one, display his musicianship, which was yeah. the thing that, you know, he started working on really in earnest before the other members of One Direction so early on were getting into that. But it also just shows you how much of a fan of stuff he is. And we talked about this a little bit with Harry, but he just gets so into it. Right. The main reason that I love that is because he just sounds great on it. He's playing the guitar. Uh, he works in, in the middle. He just weaves in a couple lines from Pumped Up Kicks. Nice. And then just goes back. It is so cool. All the other kids pumped up. You better run, better run. I'll run my gun. It sounds absolutely great. But you just can see how into it he is. So he's really fun to watch perform in that way. And he sounds awesome on it. I like when he covers songs. On tour, he did Dancing in the Dark. He actually did more One Direction songs than covers. Like, he did one cover and then... I want to change my clothes, my hair, my face, and then I ain't getting annoyed. Fool's Gold and Drag Me Down. Don't be great falling for you. I, I agree. I think he actually 
holds up well as a listen. He started as a cover singer. That's what the X Factor was, but he can really do it. And I think he plays some characters across this album. His voice sounds different on Seeing Blind. With my girl, Maren Morris, yeah. who he was yeah. early on, right? She supported him on that tour as the totally. opening act. But like sort of making that quasi-country song happen, his voice is very different, certainly than on Slow Hands, but also on This Town, it's very soft. And then you get through Flicker and You and Me, and like he he, <laughs> he manages to sound authentic even when his voice is, again, playing some different characters. That's what I like about this. Yeah, and, and it does help because I do think that this album looks so the first five tracks, right? That's on the loose, this town, seeing blind, slow hands, too much to ask. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it's really strong. There's yeah. some other gems, totally, but the strength of this album is definitely at the top of it. And some of the stuff that's later on, particularly because they're not using a whole bunch of computers and wacky production tricks, right. just using instruments and Niall's voice. Some of those songs still leave me wanting a little bit more, but the For fact sure. that he is able to modulate his voice in those ways, put on sort of different affects, it helps. It certainly yeah. helps. And I think it helps when he covers stuff too, to your point. I don't understand why On My Own wasn't on this album. Like we got the Irish jig we needed. He talks about getting punched in the head and kissing all the girls. Like ballads and Irish drinking songs. Let's go. That would have been the perfect tagline for Flicker. <laughs> it's a slightly different crew that produces this thing. I just don't get why they didn't put it on. Yeah, I'm with you. Maybe it's because it, it is a different vibe for the most yeah. part. Yeah. But I, I love fair. it. And it's totally a Nile vibe. I mean, you totally hear... You hear the the act my age kind of right. let's just be wacky. That's what it is. It's, it's kind of an act my age cousin. And it's super fun. I, there, I wish it had been on the album. Are there little diamonds in the rough on the back part of the album or mostly do they feel like they try to get there and don't? Like I feel that way about Paper Houses. And I paper houses reach the stars. Like it tries to get there, but it doesn't quite. Flicker, I like, like lyrically, it's really great. It tries to be good. It really has best intentions of being good. Still a flicker of hope that you first gave to me. That I want to keep but doesn't quite get there for me. Yeah, I, I'm Paper Houses is one of the more meh ones to me. Mm-hmm. Even though his vocal sounds really good in it, I really like it. I have kind of a soft spot for Mirrors. Just because it's, okay. there, it's a little, if there's anything on this, on the back half of this that we're going to describe as a little harder, uh, right. that would be it. And right. I think at that point in the album, once you're into the deluxe edition, my ear is yearning sore. for a little bit of a change. Yeah. So that's, that's fun for me. Um, I don't mind you and me. Because I know what's to come. And it's coming for you and me. It's got a lot of Coldplay's Everglow. The melody is is really pretty, though. Yes. Yeah. But I, I enjoy it. Since we're alone, I'm okay with. Don't you know you got the best of me? Yeah, you're everything. It steals a lot of Dire Straits' as Sultan's a Swing, the guitar. Well, now you step inside, but you don't see too many faces. 
uh, that those are those are all okay. If we have to, I cu- like since we're alone. I like since we're alone. Yeah. A, a good bit. It's just yeah. good, it's good vibes. If we have to cut though, what are we doing? Uh, if I have to cut something, I- I'm cutting fire away. I am cutting fire away. Cause you know it'll be okay. Fire away. Wow, Nathan. Look at we us. Firing away, fire away. I mean, it just yeah. come on, man. It's too soft rocky. It's just yeah. too soft rock. Yeah. The thing that cracks me up about it is that there's a melody towards the end when he's saying, and I will steady your head. And I will steady your hand when you losing your grip. Which sounds like the Nelly song over and over with Tim McGraw. Oh, yeah. Like, it's just that little snippet of melody, but I'm like immediately transported to, I don't know, 2011 or whatever, whenever that song came out, whenever I hear it. So it really like is simultaneously a song that I don't like very, very much. And one that comes with sort of an out of body experience in about 10 seconds towards the end of it. I just don't think that much happens in the song. Again, he sounds nice, but I need, I need to tell you something. Okay. Over and over again was released in September of 2004. 2004? (laughs) You were like eight. Well, that's why I don't know. Like, I probably heard that song for the first time in 2011. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, maybe you were born to that song and that's why it's so close to you. (laughs) 2004? Yeah. Can you believe it? It's brutal. God, it's brutal out of here. Can I rant for a sec? Uh, yes, please, Nora. You know I love when you do. Pay apps are way too public. Uh-oh. What happened? Okay, so some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history who I'm paying. Full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it is super weird. Well, how are you going to pay your friends then? I'm asking for a friend. Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text. And it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? Shh. Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Anyway, here we are. Back to Nile. I think it's definitely fire away. I'm sort of with you that like paper houses is pretty meh. I actually, I actually thought mirrors was a little eh, but I liked it a little bit more the more I listened to it. The tide at the end is interesting. It sounds like it could be a Sarah Borella song. But Ooh. The, but I I I think I'd right. take that cover. Fi- yeah, me too. Exactly. That's what I was sort of hoping for. But fire away, like eject is being fired away. Yeah, paper houses. It's fired. Maybe back we to set those on fire. Yeah, yeah. Back to two thousand four for you guys. I, and look, I didn't need I didn't need ten twelve killer tracks. It is a chill album. There's no like party anthems. 
is risky in that way from my perspective, in that even Harry felt like he had to put some real rockers on that album. This one, man, you can't just take this and go play the fired up crowd that is expecting to dance for the night. This is a very, this is just, it's very, very soft rock. And it, it was a choice. And I think there was a little bit of a risk to it. But I love that he went for it. And, and there's a lot of him in this album in a bunch of different shades. So I appreciate it. I think Harry kind of took that risk too. It, different ways. To a lesser degree because he was Harry Styles. So it, the same risk is actually less risky because he probably had uh, yeah. more cushion to work with. Yeah. But I don't think that the fact that Harry's album was a little bit more hard rocky in places necessarily changes the fact that they're just both of these guys made albums that don't, I I guess you could argue slow hands, but there's just really not a lot of like, we are sure this is going to work on radio and this is definitely what's going to get you, you know, an invite to jingle ball and this is going to be the song. And it is kind of fascinating that both of them not necessarily didn't care, but neither one of them really went that route. Well, so who's his most important collaborator? Did he do this alone? I don't think he did. He did not. Yeah. He did not. But he does get a writing credit on every single one of these songs. Yes, and he's Um, first listed. He's first listed. It seemed like he was pretty eager once he'd done all of his backpacking with his buddies (laughs) to sit down and write some songs. Okay. Which again speaks to the Nile work ethic, the Nile desire to do more and just to keep going. Yeah. Um, he was mostly working with people that he'd sort of met over the course of the One Direction days. Julian, Benetta, and John Ryan are on a lot of these songs. Jamie Scott's also on a lot of these, on a couple of these songs. Ruth Ann Cunningham, who'd done Where Do Broken Hearts Go and No Control, gets some credits in here. But okay. brings in Greg Kirsten, yeah. who we know from working with Adele. And also, I would be wrong not to mention Kelly Clarkson! (laughs) Kelly Clarkson! No! Kelly Clarkson! Greg Kirsten pops in for uh, This Town Too Much to Ask and Since We're Alone. And then he gets our old friend Dan Wilson from Semisonic and Treacherous and Come Back Be Here and Someone mm. Like You and Not Ready to Make Nice and, and all sorts of fun stuff. This is treacherous. Never mind, I'll find someone like you. I'm not ready to make nice. And then he gets he gets some people sort of with more country backgrounds, a little bit of more sort of like rockish stuff. Jaquire King, who'd worked with Cold War Kids and Kings of Leon. You know that I can somebody. Uh, and was also working with Shania Twain at the time that they were doing this album is in here. So he's brought some new people into the mix, but it's a lot of old friends. Yeah. Um, I would like them to be acknowledged because I'm not going to choose them as the most important collaborator because Niall's I most important that. collaborator was our friend Marin Morris. Yes, thank you. God, I, th- I, th- I thought you were never going to get there. I wanted everybody to get their due because they were all fighting for second place. Okay, fair enough. I, I agree with you on that. Marin is the shit. The Bones Are Good is a badass song. She is a badass artist and songwriter. I, look, I would add one more person to the collaborator list, by the way. Matt Chamberlain plays drums on, uh, on The Loose. And Matt Chamberlain has a very long history of badassness playing drums across like every... Like he played on all the Tori Amos records.
He's played on Brandy Carlisle. He played on Wrecking Ball with Bruce Springsteen. Like, he is a monster. By the way, he played with Stevie Nicks, so you know Harry knows who, who he is. Uh, he is a monster drummer. And, and so just appearing on this album, to me, is like a signal that this is actually a guy with talent. That's sort of how I feel about Greg Kirsten's yeah. involvement. Yeah, yeah. I, I, totally I mean, I'm agree. sure there was a decent check involved, but that was someone who had, especially in this moment, like really the pick of the litter in terms of who he would have wanted to work with. And yeah. there are real signifiers that, one, smart decisions about who to pair him up with were being made. And that does bring us back to Marin, right? Because she was not at the height of her powers yet, no, but she's someone a that they really yeah. recognized as someone they could bring out, bring out on tour, work with. And I love seeing Blind. I was young. My heart was always on the run. Yeah, it's a good song. And she was a rising artist that he understood was going to help sort of transition him. I mean, listen, I... Going from one direction to country, a country song with it. And Marin obviously has crossover stuff. She did song with the Chainsmokers and and, and more. So she's she's more than a Nashville based artist, but she is a songwriter. Like it's not easy to just go one direction into Nashville. And it's it seems like there's even more kind of you can hear. I don't think there are any other songs on this record that are country songs. No. But you can hear some of the influence. You can hear some of the little guitar licks. It, it feels like he's listening to that stuff, which I agree is a choice, right? Like some of it is probably, uh, you can match it up with some of the sort of Irish folk tune stuff as well. Sure. But it, it seems like you can hear beyond the classic rock influences that Niall is interested in a lot of different types of music and a lot of yeah. different different stuff. The other thing I think you can hear on um, Seeing Blind is just that he has a lot of experience singing with other people. Feels too good to be true from a missing piece. Oh, that's a really She good has point. a great voice. The two of them to me sound really good together and they yeah, sound like really two people point. who understand how to sing in a duet. And that is true. They are both very good at singing duets. So is that your peak Nile moment or something? What what's your peak Nile? Uh no. So I think my peak Nile is the fact that Slow Hands is not from his perspective, but it's it's from the woman's <laughs> perspective. It's it's everything you're hearing, and it's like, oh my God, is is Nile like is Nile kind of smooth now? But if you really read it, he says that's what she said right to my face. That's what she said right to my face. So I love to think of that song as a woman really, really effectively and, and in a very cool manner coming on to Niall and Niall just being like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. That's my preferred read of that song. And I think it's very fun. Runner up though. And maybe this will come up um, when we cover Heartbreak Weather some more. But he's dating Haley Steinfeld during at least some of this time. Mm. And... Two of the most high-profile dates on record that they went on were that he brought her to a Backstreet Boys concert in Las Vegas. Fuck yeah! And he and he brought her to the Masters. Yeah, I, I you know he brought her to the Masters. Well, first of all, great dates, great going, Nile. Those are good dates. Second of all, though, having just come back from the Masters, I can tell you, terrific dates. <laughs> Lovely. They do happen to be things that Niall has just like great affection for. Yeah. And boy bands and I, golf. I, boy bands and golf. That's what he's all about. And that is evidence that Niall at his core is just a lover of the things that he loves. Yes. I think is is a runner up peak Niall. He's who he is. Moment. He he's is who, who he is. is. And he loves the things that he loves. What is your peak Niall? My peak Niall happened at the Masters, even though it wasn't specifically during this era, it is his love of golf. I mean, he starts a golf management business through Modest that actually, if you fast forward to today, if you've read anything about this supposed rival golf league that's being started by a bunch of Saudi Arabian money, uh, there's a couple... It's Nile? 
it's Niles manage golf management company that he started manages a couple of golfers who have been uh, rumored to be in the mix to leave the PGA tour and go to the Saudi league. So his golf management business is one of those movers and shakers behind the scenes, like really impacting a professional sport on its own. But the craziest Nile moment from the masters is not that he went with her on a date to the masters. It's that he caddied for Rory McIlroy in the par three contest in 2015. But there is an interview where the BBC is about to interview them and he's carrying the bag and you know, he's not a very large guy and the bag, the bag is heavy. I've caddied on tour for my brother. Like it's not light. The thing is like, 60 plus pounds, Niall falls over on camera, complete wipeout while carrying the bag. Like he missteps or the bag is just too much for his little leprechaun ass. And he just flop and he goes right over on camera. And there's this wonderful scene where like the journalist looks at him sympathetically. Like Rory looks down and is like, what have I done asking this guy to carry my bag? And Niall just pops back up like nothing happened. Full energy. Nobody can drag him down. Hi. Hi, Rory. Hi, Niall. Thanks very much. Oh, no, Niall. It's a bit slippy. These, imagine what it's like playing golf out of these pine needles. Well done. Uh, Rory, let's... Uh, he has bad news. He has to be careful. Yeah, well, he was very can, careful. Can we just loop back quickly to this golf league thing? Is this shady? It sounds shady. Is Niall involved in a shady golf scheme? Well, there's a little bit of moral... Uh, dilemma. If you if if you heard about how Phil Mickelson, we're not going to spend a pot on this. Uh, Phil Mickelson, you know, got into some hot water for sort of being the ringleader of this whole thing and and making some comments to a journalist about how he understood the moral dilemma that he was in. But you know, there was a lot of money and therefore, based on it being located in in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, it's really sort of sports washing. It's the Saudi Arabian government spending money, not really for a business, but just throwing money at this golf league to try to, you know, erase the focus on things like uh, human rights abuse violations and to turn the attention more on to golf and sports and, you know, they're investing and all those things. So it has a very highly capitalistic and sports washing intents. And uh, that said, Niall and his golf company are not driving that, but they are the agent of a number of players who are being recruited to join this thing. Okay. Allegedly. 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 And wow. so, so they sit at a very interesting sort of nexus of power in, in the golf world. And it is, it is very relevant to Nile because he is a huge sports fan. We know that he uh, was big into soccer team. We know that he's hugely into golf. And we also know that he's not really large enough to carry a golf bag. Niall, it all comes back to Niall just being a, a, a real lover of the things that he loves. Um, and I was imagine, there in 2015, by the way, when he was caddying. Uh, did you did you see him fall over? No, I did not. But I was at the par three contest. I saw him carrying the bag for Rory. And, you know, Tiger Woods is out there. It's the year Jordan Spieth broke through. And Niall Horan was the biggest star at the par three contest. I mean, literally, Tiger took a picture with him and Rory. It's incredible. It was incredible. It's also, he is such a sports fan because if you go to his Twitter page now, like he's Niall Horan. He could just be tweeting about himself. Yeah. Most of his Twitter page is just like retweets of Sky Sports about yeah. soccer. Yeah. He wants to be like, Scott Van Pelt or something. Yeah. He's the best. He's just the best. All right, Nathan, I have an important question for you. Okay. I don't think any of these songs are about Taylor Swift. But I don't either. Are any of these songs about... Ellie Goulding? Anyone? Well, I should have saved my One Direction conspiracy theory for this moment. Because I, I, I think that this whole album might be the manifestation of his manly bottled up feelings about the breakup of One Direction. I really like where your head is just because it does seem as though if you read between the lines... Uh, Niall has not really been in one place at one time for long enough to have super long-term established relationships mm -hmm. um, for these songs to be about. I will posit you one conspiracy theory of, of my own, although it is somewhat backed up by, I won't say fact, but by People Magazine reports. 
<laughs> Usually fact. Is on the loose about Selena Gomez. Whoa. She jumped from that flight and meet you that night to make you tear up the room. Talk to me. So, People Magazine. Yes. Claims that Niall and, and our girl Selena were spotted making out at Jenna Dewan's birthday party after they'd both performed at the Kiss FM Jingle Ball. Okay. And they've been friends for a long time. I think there have been a couple instances where uh, there's been speculation that there might be a romantic relationship there. Usually it seems like that isn't the case. Like they've definitely been legit friends for a long time. Right. If there is any point in that timeline when they may have crossed over to the romantic side for a little bit, it's around this point. But like, was it romantic or or, or was it just kind of like, uh, you know, the lyrics of On My Own? Like, uh, he's just going to kiss all the women and get punched in the head. Like, was it an you actual think moment? this was like a... A, a DFMO? Yeah, I do. I don't think Selena yeah, but, Gomez uh, but is really on, in that, denial. So this is why I'm saying, this is why I reference on the loose in this category, right? Because I don't think that any of the like deeply felt, I don't think that this town or too much to ask. And I want to tell you everything. The words I never got to see the first time around. I forget you're not even to close my eyes. Do you see who think of me sometimes? Those songs are not about Selena Gomez. I'm not sure those songs are about anyone. I think those songs mm. are based on ideas that he was experimenting writing with. But a, a mysterious and alluring woman out yeah. on the town doing interesting things and on the loose, I, I can see it. Listen. Again, never underestimate Niall Horan. He's in the mix with Selena. He's in the mix with Ellie Goulding. Like, he's in some sort of love rhombus with Ellie Goulding and <laughs> Ed Sheeran and somebody else. Who knows? Love I, rhombus. You can't underestimate Niall Horan. You do so at your peril. He's out on the par three course at the Masters, carrying the bag, falling down. He's just, he's just a guy. There ends up being a Haley Steinfeld song, um, Wrong Direction. And it's so in the wrong direction. That may or may not be about our guy Niall. And then I like Ed Sheeran's Don't. I told her she knows take As a person who can be ungenerous you, to Ed Sheeran songs, I like that song. saying something. That's the first yeah, no, compliment re- you've ever offered I like, I had a long conversation at, at dinner recently about Ed Sheeran. I like quite a few Ed Sheeran songs. I just okay. like Ed Sheeran less than the average person. See, I think Ed anyway, and Niall are kind of birds of a feather. Like, they're both guys who like to be in bars and have fun and hang out with their mates and jump up on the table in a bar and with a guitar and they'll do their thing. Like, I think they're kind of maybe the same guy. That's why Ed has to be friends with Harry because he needs to be friends with somebody with like slightly different energy. Yeah. Both these guys massively outkick their coverage. Although Niall's pretty cute. Niall's a total cutie. All right. Niall is like a, Niall is a, Niall is a type. I will not name names, but a very close friend of mine. We tend to not think that same people are attractive, but I respect her perspective. Okay. And a dear friend of mine really thinks Niall is very adorable. Did anything happen on March 25th related to Niall? So not really related to Niall. Uh, on March 24th, Ooh. Zane puts out Still Got Time. Yeah. Just stop looking for love. You still got time. You still got time. With Party Next Door, he's starting to get into his second album cycle. I think the thing that stands out if we just leave that date aside and check in with the boys is that they're all kind of doing their thing because Harry's got his album out. Zane is moving on to to album number two and starting to put new music out again. Louis has some songs out. He's got Back to You, Just Like You, and Miss You. Mm. But I keep on coming back to you. 
shit. Maybe I miss you. A lot of yous. Well, back to you sounds achingly familiar if you listen to this town, but yes. And he's judging on the X Factor a little bit too. And Liam's got stripped that down um, with Quavo out, which goes to number 10 on the Hot 100. No, I used to be in one day down I'm free. People want me for one thing. That's not me. I'm not changing the way that I used to be. So, like, everybody's kind of Doing swimming, it. right? Like, no, nobody from One Direction at this point is Getting sinking out shots. in the world as a solo artist at yeah. all, which in and of itself is incredibly impressive. Yeah, I agree. Well, so who won this album? I'm trying to, like, galaxy brain my way into anyone other than Niall. But Niall. I'll give you an alternative. Niall, Niall okay. gets a part of it. It's the writers of Slow Hands. Niall, it's Julian Bonetta. It's Ruth Ann Cunningham. We've made fun of these guys for having 10 people write a song. Finally, however many people, Ruth Ann Cunningham, Alexander Iscarido, Tobias Gesso Jr., who wrote Adele's When We Were Young, Jamie Ryan, who we've seen before, like this crew got together and made this thing happen. I think they win as the writers of this song. Yeah, that, that works for me. I'm into it. I just want to give it to Niall because he's so nice. Well, I don't know how... The only other alternative was he would have lost the album. So he I'm definitely glad didn't he, lose the album. He didn't lose the album. He did not lose I think the Niall album. Is, Niall, is the, Niall wins the album by virtue of having an album that, that debuted at number one. Exactly. So is there a... God... Is there a swoony part to this? Like, what's your favorite lyric? I I just was thinking about this as as best lyrics. I mean, I like the F-bomb. I like like the the F-bomb and too much to ask. I like the F-bomb a lot. I also, I'm into my shadows dancing without you for the first time. My shadows dance without you. I'm not sure I know what it means. Like, I get the vibe. I'm mm-hmm. having trouble getting the specific of that, but I, I'm into it. That's it not so good. important. That's not so important. Yeah, what about I, you? Well, again, my job is to point out the shittiest lyric. I actually really like the chorus of On My Own, even though he says, I'll wake up at midday and marry my bed. I'll kiss all the women, get punched in the head. I'll wake up at midday I mean, it, you got to pick a side. There's no middle feeling here. There's a binary outcome. Yes, no. And I think I'm all in on yes, because I really enjoy the song. My problem with you taking mirrors is there's a lyric in there that is the coffee's cold. He turned around and said, I hope you know you're beautiful. Have you ever been told? The coffee's cold. You turn around and said, I hope you So it was a little bit, you know, it's a nice hat tip to You Don't Know You're Beautiful. You don't know you're beautiful. That's what makes you beautiful. But also, like, can we just get past this already and make our own albums? (laughs) See, I feel differently because in On the Loose, there's the line, she'll dance in the dark. Which yeah. I think is cute because he covers Dancing right. in the Dark. Right, right. This comes for hire. Even if we're Look, at least it's thoughtful. At least it's thoughtful. I'm into it. For a bonus question. So he did cover, he covered Dancing in the Dark. He also covered um, Tom Petty's I Won't Back Down. He covered Life in the Fast Lane. Uh, at one point, he covered New York State of Mind. And 
And then he covered Camila Cabello's Crying in the Club. Yeah. And a lot. He played that like frequently. Is that your favorite of those covers? Are you into the Springsteen or do you have a preference there? Because I I just think Nile covering, I almost want to, I'm adding an impromptu category, which is best Nile Horan cover song because I think he's great at it. That's so interesting to hear you say because you would have negged him on the X Factor so many years ago. You would have. Oh my gosh, no. You would have I, tried I am, to talk Katy Perry out of letting him through. I am grateful to look without Katy Perry, we would not be having this conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we owe so much to Katy. Yeah, look, if you're asking me, my favorite cover is his One Direction cover of Drag Me Down. But if that doesn't count, then I'll go crying in the club. I think the crying in the club is great. I love when he does dancing in the dark. I think he sounds great doing that. I also, this wasn't on tour, but he does Julia Michaels's issues. Mm-hmm. And that's great. I got issues. You got them too. Give them all to me and I'll give mine to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just, I'm just bringing all this stuff up so that producer Kaya can just pump it chock full of sound and it's going to be awesome and we're going to get to hear from Niall. Yeah. Speaking of dropping the F-bomb, she just did that six times through the course of that little segment from you. Nora. Nathan. How do you grade this thing? Yeah, it's a really good question. This is hard to grade. Because are you grading based on improvement, how unexpectedly good something is, or are you really grading it in the same way that we would, you know, hold up a heavy hitter's work? I had to go back and and restate my grades from the first two 1D albums because of the same problem. It's It's hard because it is such a journey. It's it's just, I mean, that's part of what strikes me about that. The Post Malone cover is just this dude didn't used to sound like this. Right. I gave it a B plus. Mm. Slow hands is an A plus. Yes. Plus, 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 plus. Yes. Slow hands is, yes. Slow hands There's is an, Atlas carrying the globe on its shoulders. Totally. There's an A EP in oh, the yes. front half of this. Yes. With on my own on it. I think later on it gets not that much weaker. But it just gets a little bit repetitive. And there are songs that I think are pleasant, but not all that much more than pleasant. They're paper houses, Nora. They're paper houses. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. And our paper houses reach the stars. I I want them to be better. I keep waiting for them to grab me and take off. They just are a little too soft. So we're back into our sort of standard. I, I, I gave it a B. But to your point, like if he had just released the EP, uh, it's an A. There just wasn't quite enough that grabbed you and kept you going. And, and that is the danger in releasing a soft rock album. Is that after the six right. songs, it's like people start going to the bathroom at the concert when they play the like ballad or the new song, right? And so if, if it's not something that's really going to hold people in and keep the energy up, you're going to lose attention. And that happens a little bit at the back part of this album, unless you're listening to this sort of extended version and then you get on my own. You're like, wow, okay. There's something well, here. That, and to your point, Mirrors has some energy. But And that's... I don't want to dock him too much for that because I do absolutely believe that this is the album that he wanted to make. Right. Yeah. And uh, we love so much that Niall is such a fan of the things that he's a fan of. And I would not want him to deny that impulse because I think it's a good impulse. Yeah. So I was trying to separate, okay, how much am I docking this thing? Because I don't necessarily, unless it's really, really superlative, want to listen to this much soft rock. No. And I think it's inevitably a little bit of a part of why some of this stuff doesn't make my heart sore. Yeah. But 
this is still a shockingly good album and the best moments on it are really, really, really wonderful. So I, I didn't want to be too harsh on that front. Mm. Well, what we should say is, you know, you got to give credit to Simon Cowell and maybe Nicole Scherzinger if she was really the one who saw it from the beginning. He saw it. And, he and knew, to Katy Perry. They knew that it was in there and that it just was going to take time and then that the grit and just the like Irish going to make it happen that exists in this guy and his love of... He loves being on stage. He loves being famous. He loves being a star. And there was a chance that he was going to go the way of, you know, insert fifth member of boy band that we haven't heard from since here. But he... What's Joey Fatone up to? to? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I do feel like Joey's kind of... Joey's more than some of the other fifth guys in the, you know, anyway... Niall is not. Niall is a guy. He's a real guy with his own career. And he's got thousands of fans. I'm a real boy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I think that in and of itself uh, is, is a revelation that you probably, in the same way that, you know, as we talk about Louis and Liam, uh, that those are some of the underappreciated parts of the band. And there's that scene in the documentary on them where they're out in the woods and they're around the fire and they've like, you know, they've been trying to build up the fire and somebody says, oh, good job, Pano, or whatever, as they, as the whole thing collapses or whatever. But there's a moment where they said, somebody asked the question, like, do you think we'd be as big if it wasn't all the five of us? And in my head at the time, I was like, fuck yeah, you would. As long as you got Harry and Zane, you'd be fine. But I think the more that we get away from that in time and see what was behind it and see some of the writing skill that was clearly in the band and some of just the way in which Niall clearly was able to put his thumbprint on this band, the more I sort of appreciate how special all five of them together was and, and, and concede that it was probably important that they each brought enough to the table that you couldn't have just interchanged some other little leprechaun and had one D be as big as they were. Very cool. This has been every single album, Niall Horan. As always, I'm Nora Princiati. He's Nathan Hubbard. We will be back on Thursday, breaking down Harry Styles' second album, Fine Line. As always, thank you to Kaya McMullen for her expert production support on this episode, and we will talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.